My name is Vida, Sister Prince. Today is September 16, 1998, and I am interviewing Larry Ornick uh, for the Mississippi River Project, and uh, we're sitting on his houseboat on the riverfront. Um, okay, the bridge to the south, south of us is the MacArthur. MacArthur. This is the Poplar Street. Then there's the Eads, the Veterans, and the Merchants, and then the McKinley. Merchants? Um, and the Veterans or is... McKinley and then the Merchants. And the Veterans is uh, also called the Martin Luther King, but was... Right. Okay. Um, so this is... This one is a... Um, railroad. Railroad. Back in the 40s, it used to be an auto and railroad. 50s, I mean. uh, Tell me about you. You were born in North St. Louis, you said, or art. Yeah, I was born in I was born in St. Louis. Uh, grew up in North St. Louis, around the Baden area. Uh, went in the army in 1965. Served. Two tours in Vietnam. Uh, got out of the army and started working on a river. All my life. That's all I've ever done. I worked on a deck for about eight years, and I've had my pilot's license going on 25 years. What's the date of your birth? Seven seventeen forty-eight. And you never. You never were on the river before you came back from... Was never even in a rowboat before that. Never <laughs> thought about it, huh? No. No, I didn't. I was I was up at Alton one time, and I was watching a boat slot through, and uh, I just thought that that's something I'd like to do, so a year later I was doing it. So trace the beginning of how you got into it. Uh, just... I went up to Alton Lock to watch the boats go through. And yeah. I thought it'd been a pretty, pretty interesting job. And so how'd you get the jo a job? Uh, I went to the National Maritime Union, and uh, I pined my TV to pay my union dues. <laughs> and then I got I shipped out of the union on the uh, Missouri. There's a federal barge line boat called the Missouri. And I worked, I worked for Federal Barge Line for a couple of years, and then I went to work for Valley Barge Line, and mostly through the union, all the unions. Then after Reagan deregulated all the transportation industry, they busted the unions out of here, and things have pretty much went downhill ever since. I mean, as far as pay-wise goes, you know, pay and Used to, all the boats that have cooks on them, they'd have two deck hands a watch on each watch. It's a six hour watch. You work six, you're off six. You work six, you're off six. You work 12 hours a day. When I first started in the union, you had two deck hands and a mate on each watch. After they busted the union, now they got one deck hand on watch and most most of the companies do now and then uh, 
they're trying to do away with the cooks. A lot of a lot of boats have done away with the cooks on the boats. You have to do your own cooking now. Uh, it's really gotten bad. I mean, your bigger companies like uh, Artco and things like that, they still have cooks and they, they still have good equipment and good to, you know, they keep a full crew, but I don't know, it's just, you can make more money working on, on the bank at an eight hour a day job than you can most of the time out here. Now, when you say boats, what, what kind of boats are you talking about? Towboat, line boats. Towboat? Yeah, line boats. Run like from St. Paul to New Orleans, uh -huh. things like that. Uh, what is the difference between a tugboat and a tugboat? Uh, tugboat mainly works in the harbors, and uh, the guys go home every night. The towboat, they run, they ply the rivers, and they go home every 30 days. Towboat does. Um, and is that what you prefer? Is it tugboat? Uh, I prefer line boats. I like to run the rivers. You know, I've, I've run all the rivers, just about Ohio, Tennessee, the Cumberland, the Red, the Green, the Upper, the Lower, the Illinois, the Intercoastal Canal, Intercoastal Waterways. Uh, I've been on about all of them that you can push a barge on. But Does anybody work on a barge? Or do they just tow a barge? They tow the barges, yeah. But the deckhands work on them. They keep them tight. They keep the rigging tight. Keep them all together. And they check every watch. Every time you come on watch, you walk out and you check them for water. Make sure they have no water in them. Make sure all the rigging's tightened up. So, so is there a place for them? Is there a place underneath? I mean, do they sleep on that or something? No, they sleep on a towboat. On a towboat. Okay. Alright. So, so you were going to tell me sort of about the levee or something, or the waterfront you were starting to talk about. Oh, uh, yeah, the city, I guess it's because of gambling boats are here now, but the city, they'll bring their workers down here and they'll pick trash up, not only in the street, but also in the parking area, down in front of the Robert E. Lee and in front of the uh, McDonald's and that. But they stop right here at the Poplar Street Bridge. And if you walk up and down this sidewalk here, you see all the trash here. That all the, it's mainly, uh, mainly the blacks come down here on Friday and Saturday night and they get out there and they drink and they throw their bottles and they throw their trash and they, all their tires and, and their babies' diapers. Okay. And it's just, uh, and the police, I call the police on them, you know, they get down here and start throwing rocks and they start exposing themselves out here and urinating out in the street and on the grass. Why do they pick this particular place? Because the police don't bother them, I guess. I've called the police, they've been parked down here and the police just drive right around them right back out. You know, it's it's funny because when I moved, when I came down here today, I guess the other day I was so concerned with where I was going, and I you know had no idea and parking. I didn't notice anything except that it looked very dark from where I was walking in there and where was I going. But today, then I noticed 
what it did look like down here, and I, I wondered why somebody didn't come and clean it up. It's, uh, they make um, Jack responsible for this area, but in turn, they let everybody park up there and throw their trash. And there's, I mean... Jack's responsible for this right here? Front of Joe. Yeah, this front of Joe here. But you can only, you know, you get tired of it after a while. They, uh, there's no guy. parking signs all up and down here. And the police, I have a film that I'd love to show you. I gave it to... Uh, Paul Hample, the feature writer for the Post-Dispatch. Uh -huh. He's a nice article. Yeah, he did. he's, he's a good writer. writer. Yeah. He's, he's real good. Uh, but one night we were sitting on this boat on a Friday night, and they were three and four cars, cars deep from the end of the wall all the way up to the bridge. I mean, they were out there. They had the boom boxes going. They was dancing, drinking. And here's an ambulance with red lights on trying to get through there. You know, and God helped the person that was in the ambulance because it was pitiful. If I can get that back from Paul, I'll give it to you and let you view it. You know, so what's what he going to do with it? Well, he showed it to the fire department, and I don't know if he showed it to the police department or not. But uh, it's a mess down here. It's just If you'd come down here on a Friday or a Friday night and just sit out here, you'd see what I was talking about. I guess I'd be afraid to. Yeah, you would. To really park good. my car over there. Well, now that they've had a murder down here, maybe they'll tighten up. I doubt it. But I doubt it very seriously. Well, as you said before, was it you? Yeah. No, that was, uh, was it you or just that? Jerry. Yeah, they were throwing trash in your front yard. Somebody was. Yeah, they, they well, that is our front yard. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's I have to park my vehicles way down here by the ramp because they drive by and they throw their whiskey bottles and their wine bottles. So have you ever called the police or something? Well, I call them every Friday, Saturday they night. They don't respond. They respond maybe a half hour, an hour after I do, and then they don't do nothing. They, well, they run them out. They all go up to White Castle, and then they're back in ten minutes. Well, they don't even run them out anymore. It shouldn't be though, because there's signs up there that say no parking. Mm -hmm. I've called the police on them, and I've had a parking permit because of the high water. We couldn't park down here. The water was all the way up to the street almost, so I had to, have to park over there. And uh, they come down here and run them out and then give me a ticket. Is there someplace else you could put your boats? Yeah. Not in St. Louis. Yeah, well, not in the city, no. Not in St. Louis. We keep ours here because I work right here and I just walk out the door and walk over and get on my boat. I was thinking also when I was coming in, I was said to Jack that you all are the only thing left. Uh, yeah, we're the only show in town as far as pleasure boaters. Well, uh, no, you're the only, you're the only, right here is where the business part is taking care yeah. of, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, you've got just... The commercial. Com this is the commercial. That's the. That's the Hollywood pleasure. Part. <laughs> the Hollywood part. The Disneyland up there. <laughs> what do you think of the uh, gambling boats coming down here? Oh, I'm, uh, 
they're great for for the taxes and the, I mean, all the money, all the revenue they bring to the city. I think they're great, but uh, it's it, and it's just like. Uh, a tourist. If I if I was a tourist on a Friday and Saturday night driving through here, I'd I'd leave this town so fast it'd, it'd be unreal. Or how would you like to take a horse and buggy ride down to this stuff? You know. Well, they don't bring them down here, do they? No. I wonder Not why. <laughs> they come out through that flood wall. They come out. To, you know, that's where they start. That's where they come out. You to, mean where the people you're talking about? No, the, the horse, and, horse and buggy. Horse and buggy. Oh, they stop there. No, that's where they come out and they head up toward under the arch. What do you mean they come out? They come they through there. They keep the horses up there on 3rd Street. Oh. Yeah, and they, they load their horse and buggies up and they come oh. through there. Oh. But yeah, one of these Friday nights about... 10 o'clock. About 9, 10 o'clock. It isn't so much a Friday night. Usually it's Saturday and Sunday nights that are really bad here. What is this green stuff? Is this just... That's coming out of the lakes there under the arch. Coming out of the what? The lakes. The lakes? Oh. They're under the arch. Because mm -hmm. it's so consistent. I mean, it just keeps yeah. coming. Yeah, it's from those, uh, I guess, apple blossoms or whatever they get up here in the park. But yeah, it's uh, and to be a tourist, and, and if you could, if you're a tourist in this town and you come past the Poplar Street Bridge, it'll make you want to leave town real fast. I would think. So it's just another area. St. Louis needs to clean up. Very much so. Well, considering all the other cities that have. Well, like Cape Girardeau. Arcade Cincinnati, St. Um, yeah, Pittsburgh, uh, Jacksonville, Florida even, uh, any, yeah. they've all capitalized on the riverfront. And the river is what, just, like I said, that's what made this town, this was the river. Yeah. We had more tourism down here before the gambling boats when they had just the uh, dinner dance of boat and the two smaller boats. There was packed with people down here all the time. Now it's just the gamblers. And, for the sake of the tape, this is Char, Charlene. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. No, but it's I. It is. I, this is great. But I need to at least have your name on here. Uh, why do you suppose that is? Uh, well, I personally, I believe that the gambling promotes a kind of a. I have mixed feelings about it. I mean, I know that it's created jobs, and but I know it's also destroyed a lot of lives. Yeah. Well, you can't blame that on gambling. Yes, you can. If it wasn't there, there's a lot of people that would never have tried it. Yeah, if there wasn't alcohol on the shelves, a lot of people wouldn't be drunks either. True. They've learned. They should have learned something from Prohibition. <laughs> yeah, they learned how to tax the heck out of it. Yeah. There's, there's much to be said. Right. Considering we have a jumper off these bridges constantly. <laughs> you do? Oh, yeah. You mean constantly? Once a week or so. Just about. You have somebody that jumps off this bridge? Not this bridge. Oh, any of well, them. Any of the bridges yeah. once a week? Usually Almost. it's the heat. 
What? Easier to Poplar Street, I guess, because they're the easiest to access. I mean, sometimes we'll have two in one week, and then we won't have one for a couple weeks. Have you ever seen anybody yourself? Yeah, I see. Remember that guy from Arkansas? We had one guy during the BP Fair year before last. Right. Yeah, I jumped off the East Bridge on a bet right there, and he took his shoes off. And when he landed on on the water, hitting that water is just like jumping on concrete at first. Is it? bruised the bottom of his feet real bad. When the fire department got him off over here, he could barely walk, you know. But they don't always... But that wasn't... No, they don't that, he wasn't live. despondent. Yeah, he just was doing So you think that's due to the casinos, or...? No, some of them are. Yeah, I imagine. Who's to say, you know, you never get to question them, you know. <laughs> well, I didn't know if you meant it had kind of gone up. I think it has. I think it's increased, um, probably doubled. The suicide rate? I mean, off the bridges. I think... No, no, excuse me, go ahead. I was going to say, we might have had a handful. Who's that, Tony? Yeah. Well, now let's see. We're sitting on your the deck of your houseboat. And you're looking, describe to me, Char, you're, you're looking west <laughs> to St. Louis, and what do you see? I see um, desolation. <laughs> it looks like a bomb's dropped, as to me it does. It, it looks desolate, it looks cluttered, it looks trash. Now you're talking about just where the water stops and the yeah and even the, the water and the and the building right you know the buildings right there Crundon Martin Manufacturing Company even though there's people in there it still looks um, yeah. old the windows are broken out okay. and you see the bridge MacArthur MacArthur I'll never get it forget it MacArthur and a parking lot. A lot of driftwood. A lot, a lot of driftwood. That's another thing. The city will clean the driftwood off the levee from the Poplar Street Bridge north. Oh, they did? They do. Then why? Because that's where all the tourists are. All the tourists are. Well, we need to get some If they go a block. Here. We do. If they we go have pleasure boaters in here all year long. Yeah, we have pleasure boaters come down here, and just like... And they see this? Yes. Yeah. And you think they come back? I don't think so. Not very many. Well, if a pleasure boat comes, I mean, they, this is all in the way. Uh, what do you call this? this these are... Barges. Fleets. The fleet. Oh, this is a fleet. Okay. Um, so... But when they dock here... And if they want to get off and walk up to the Admiral on a Friday night, they're scared for their lives. Or if they want to go up there and for the buffet, the crab, late buffet, all you can eat. Where do they dock and walk? They dock they here. Dock here. And walk where? Up, up to, to the, the Admiral. Admiral. No, no, but how do they get off this? Which, by the way, I came. Right. 
Oh. The dock right there on the well, other side. Well, maybe they think that's, um, what do you call it? Atmosphere. Right. This is atmosphere. That's gambling. <laughs> That's what gambling. Well, no, I mean it's gambling with your life getting off yeah. here. And, yeah. All right, and so so here's the Poplar Street Bridge, and then and here's all this equipment, and you've got a barbecue, and you've got pool. Pool? Oh yeah, your pool. All okay. right, and um, yeah, bicycle. Uh. Here's your new boat, right. new houseboat. Um, how long have you lived here? Two years. Oh, two years. And you came from the county, you said? City. The city? Where? South, South city. city. In Dover. And when you said to her, I want to... I suggested did you suggest it? It was joint. No, no, I want to know how to place. You said, dear. Let's buy a boat and, and take it to Florida. She said, let's do it. So we had a we had a four-family flat on Dover that we, we put up for sale. Trying to get out of debt. Let's get out from our, our debt to where we can go to Florida. Someday. That's what you're doing here on this houseboat. How's it working out? It's just slow but sure. We had a minor setback when we first came. This boat got a hole in the bottom of it, and we had to take it to the shipyard, and the shipyard kept it for over a month and we had to spend all our profits that we sold everything on staying in a hotel. So that's that was our major first setback. Mm -hmm. And we've been trying to recoup from that since. Mm -hmm. well, that's a shame. How did you get a hole in the boat? Drift. Oh, really? So something like that could cost So now you're going to so tell me tell me about your work on the tow. Uh, tug. It's just uh, eight hours a day. Like and, some overtime. And you said you're going down, but I don't know what it entails. Oh. You're going down to the you mean locks or something. Oh to the lock. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. go through the lock. What are you going to do when you, what, are you going to take a, a barge? No, we're going to go pick one up. You're going to go pick one up. And bring it back here, crane barge. Uh, well, I would like to do that. Yeah, that's, going through the lock's pretty interesting. Okay. For someone who's never done it before. Yeah. Well, then that really, to, to be on the safe side, we, I guess we really ought to plan for Tuesday. I don't know what's, I know we'll go, uh, I'm pretty sure we'll go get that barge before Tuesday. Oh. But I don't know exactly when. Well, you usually get it on Fridays, don't you? Yeah, it 
to what? Depends on what. On Friday. Yeah, they bring it home for the weekend. It depends on what the water's going to be. If the water's going up or down. Or... Well, I'll call you tomorrow morning. We'll play it day by day. Okay. Yeah. I, by seven o'clock, I know what's going on for the whole day. Usually, you know, we can plan accordingly. So you used to work on the river before you met Char. Yeah. Yeah, for a little while, for about a year. But even when you were living in the city, you were still working down here. Yeah, he did trips. I did 30 day trips and run that Illinois River quite a bit. You have to get along pretty good. Yeah. To yeah. do this. Oh, definitely. Yeah, if, you, if you're the type of person that needs to stay away from each other, there's no way. <laughs> Only because there's one downtown on Cass, but they um, have barriers like this set up so you can't push a cart through it, so you can't push a cart to your car. So you have to leave your groceries, oh, oh. go get your car, bring it up, and oh. by that time they could be all gone. Oh yeah, I would think so. I wonder why that is. I'm sure it's because there's more carts that have left there and not come back. <laughs> but I mean, I wonder why. I wonder why they don't have, well, they had that on Chaos, but they don't have it on Grand and Gravois. Oh, buddy, did you get sissy? Hmm? Where'd those yeah, feelings come from? Uh, Grew up that way. Grew up around it. A lot of people, uh. I worked go. for the school board, <laughs> St. Louis School Board, and that changed my whole disposition. Why? Um, I found that the racism went much deeper than we could ever dream of being. Uh, to me, they've been, they're raised hating us. And in actuality, I, I don't understand why, because nothing we've done in this era, I mean, to me, that these... Most people, I mean, that, that are, they haven't been, such as yourself, you're, were you raised around blacks? No. Did you ever live around them? No. No, just... Work with them? I mean, where you're the minority? Uh, no. Uneducated. But, but, but to be, to be perfectly honest with you, straightforward, no, I didn't. We had blacks that came and worked for us in our home, you know, stayed on the place, that kind of thing. But as far as um, really knowing them, but in the past, um, 
six years, well, even before that, uh, I began um, doing oral histories, and I, at, in the uh, early, uh, in the 90s, I began doing it with the Missouri Historical Society, and so in 90, in the 80s, rather, and uh, they were doing black history, so I began to interview in the black just finished, that's a book I wrote on, on African Americans in the first part of the century. That, so I'm now very used to being around uh, and involved with African Americans of a middle class nature, not people that you're talking about that come down, I, I don't know any whites or blacks, that do that kind of thing particularly. But no, um, I have not. I mean, in the high schools alone, they used to urinate in the radiators, and then when the heat was turned on in the winter, the whole school would smell. They would tear off every toilet paper holder and paper towel holder. This is in the... the St. Louis Public Schools. I, wor I worked at Beaumont. And in the, what I'm trying to think is, is what years? This is in the this 90s? This was in, yeah, 90s. 90s. The early 90s. What did you do at Beaumont? I was a custodian. Oh, so you had the... I've seen it all. The graffiti, uh, the food fights in the cafeteria. These were kids who were given lunches by the state, state who actually had food fights every day with it. Man. Um, they thought that the only reason they were in school was to be with their friends. It wasn't to learn or... To further their, now this was not all of them. I mean, you know, that there were wonderful kids going to school there, intelligent kids, some kids that really cared about themselves. The majority of them. But the yeah, the majority were there just for fun. I mean, there was not twenty-one year olds in the ninth grade. Yeah, there was. Yeah, <laughs> they're asked to leave eventually, you know. They age what out before they graduate. What do the <laughs> teachers or the, what, I guess there's no control. There's none because, um, first of all, they've taken, they've taken the discipline out of the schools. <coughs> and, um. That's what, uh, this gentleman that I interviewed, who was a teacher, African-American, and he said that they had corporal punishment in their schools and when they took it out they knew there was nothing that you could do and he right. said but he thought it was terrible that they took it out well it was because the kids yeah. come to school with guns and i mean when an administrator gets stabbed trying to break up a fight between two girls i mean yeah. you know how serious the situation's getting you know it well were you ever afraid for yourself yeah they threw full soda cans at me from the second floor. They'd be standing up above, and as I was coming up the steps, they'd throw books at me. They called me white trash, white whore. Um, they, call, they called me names that I had never even heard of. I mean, just... You must have loved going to work. It was, um, it got to be real scary. In fact, the reason that I loved the job was because they, uh, moved the Beaumont High School into McKinley while they were renovating Beaumont and then they were going to start at Northwest so they were going to also bring Northwest in with when Beaumont went to, back to Beaumont 
they were going to bring Northwest over to Beaumont while they renovated Northwest. What's well, two rival gangs? I would be frightened. And there's no room for a little white girl. You know, I mean, there was literally. In all the black history, All the blacks I talk to, they always blame the white man for putting him in slavery, I guess you'd say. Well, they would have never been here to begin with if we wouldn't have done that, and they would have been in Well, poverty. the first black man to ever be sold was sold by a black man. Did you know that? Well, you know what? I think, I think it's... We can all go back and we can pick at it and we can do all, you know, he did this and I did that and you did this and, and all. Yeah, 200 years. <coughs> yeah, they've come further than any other race. And what they don't realize is that this country was based upon discrimination and, I mean, every time a new, every time yeah, when the Irish came the here, Irish, yeah, the Germans. Irish came here, everybody that came here was discriminated against. Not just them. Um, but their skin is white, and I think that there's somehow... Yeah, but look at not, the white people, they're always tanning themselves, so, I mean... Yeah, that's that's a sign of luxury. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is, but it, you know, I... Well, let's... This is a, this is a great subject for consideration. Uh, so when you said you grew up with it... Oh, yeah. I was the only white kid in my third grade class. I'd come home with Where, what, what was your third grade? Where, where did you go? Hamilton. Hamilton. Oh, Hamilton School. Hamilton School is... Boston. Oh. Okay. You were the only white in your... In 19... You were born in 48? In Schools weren't integrated until 54. By law. By law. It was probably fifty-seven or fifty-eight, Larry. I'm surprised if they. I'm surprised they were. They were even. Third grade. I'm surprised they were even integrated then. Five years old before you even start school. I don't know about integration, but there was all. The neighborhood was going all black. You would. You lived in an all black neighborhood. Right. So you went to the all black school. Well, actually, it was all white neighborhood when we lived there. Just like North St. Louis, I grew up around Grand and the Water Tower yeah, in the early 60s. It mm -hmm. was all white. And now look at it. Yeah. Oh, Did that make Fine example yesterday, this guy comes down here, this black man comes down here. Dressed very nice. Dressed very nice. He had a cell phone and someone had a flat tire, so he borrows. My breaker bar and some of my ratchets and sockets. Ain't seen them lately. Took off them. Stole them. Oh, that's a shame. So, it's time and time yeah. again. You're you're taught this. You know, it's it's not that you don't give the benefit of the doubt. It's you do. You keep trying and you keep on being taught that they do steal from you. They do hate you. They do. They think the lowest opinion of you. And. We had nothing to do. My relatives immediately, my grandparents are both from Europe. I had nothing to do with slavery in America. <laughs> if anything, my grandmother was sent here as a slave. To her own family she was sold. 
because her parents died. Where'd your parents, where'd they come from? She came from Denmark. Well, that's not what made you come to the river though, is it? No. No, it's just... Something well, you actually, carried away actually, with. I've seen these two deckhands laying out on the barge in the suntan because they were going down the river and I thought, boy, that's a job for me. <laughs> Little did I know. And have you, and did you try it? Have you ever had the opportunity to lay on the barge? Oh yeah, yeah, plenty of times. You look sunburned, you both do. <laughs> but, uh, so do you foresee that this will be what you'll do? This is... That's all I know how to do, actually. You know, it's all I enjoy. I've tried a lot of other things. I've worked for the railroad, I've worked for Chevrolet. means you um, make sure that the barges are staying tied together and anything that's... They're lit up at night. Yeah, the fleet lights are lit and uh, the utility lines are straight and uh, the winches work and any kind of... Uh, try to foresee any kind of emergency. Somebody's down there if there's a breakaway. And do I see you like in a tower, or do you do I see you walking around somewhere? It's a my base is in a trailer, and then I every hour on the hour I walk the whole fleet up and down, which is probably about the length of uh, three football fields, the upper fleet and the lower fleet or the middle fleet. <coughs> and you work from what hours? Um, Eleven at night till seven in the morning. And you're by yourself. Are you frightened at all? If, the other if, night, the other last night before last, all the power went out, and that was kind of unnerving. <laughs> yeah. What'd you do? I went up. There, there is a security guard at the gate up there. And so where I, is this? This is at the foot of Arsenal, <coughs> down by the brewery. Then do you drive over there, or do you? Yeah, if we had a John boat, I could take the boat to work every day. <laughs> um, and so when do you sleep? I try and sleep when I get home in the morning. Try and get about three or four hours in at least. And that's it? Pretty much so. And that's enough for you? Well, it almost has to be. There's other things I have to do. number of catechism attendance, you know, or how much information he has to cover before he can, before I can take communion. What, what, is this a particular church or parish or what? Oh, yeah, right up here is St. Mary's of Victories. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful little church. It's 
how did you do you mind talking about it no not at all how did you come to uh, decide to do this all my life I've been dabbling with everything as far as religions concerned I'm always interested in something else I've constantly been interested in searching it. searching and one day um, Joan Hoffman which is Ralph Hoffman's wife gave me a book um, called Surprised by Truth. Surprised by? Truth. And I read it and I knew in my heart that this is what I've been looking for all my life. Hmm. How nice for you. And that's when I started. It's been a long journey. I mean, it's sure. not been... And just the immediate journey has been over like probably the last six months. You know, the seriousness of mm -hmm. it. Because I, I didn't stop reading there. I, I continued to read things. and um, I'm convinced. And I'm also interested in the Marian apparitions. Which she's telling us that um, God's pretty much pissed at us. The God's pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and Excuse me. He's going to make changes. Uh, he's going to make what? Well, the, you know, the story is that... Oh, he's not making changes. No. God's making changes. Okay. Yeah, the story is that him and the devil had agreed on a century uh -huh. that the devil could convert as many people to non-believing at the end of that century. And God gave him this chance, and this is the century. So we're at the end of the century, before the tribulation, which you can tell by everything around that's happening. I mean, people become more perverted, and the weather has changed drastically and all over the world. And uh, she's making more and more appearances, and she keeps giving the warnings, and those who heed the warning will be aware of what's going on and those who don't she the Virgin Mary mm. she's the one that's going to fight Satan she is yes she's the last prophet he sent her down here to warn us this whole century starting with um, I guess Fatima are, are, are people not listening people are not listening there are quite a few I mean there's millions that travel every year to Matagore and to see her because she makes a weekly appearance there or daily or whatever it is. I'm not really sure. I, I read her messages on the internet. And, uh, well, you're it's a, a monthly appearance is what it is. For living in a little spot here, and this is a little spot, you're right out there with things that are going on. Oh yeah. It's a uh, I always felt that. In fact, when we first moved down here, I felt that. I felt a need to do something like this because there wasn't a lot of time left to do it. A lot of time left because... I life. think... You know, not necessarily our life. I think before things changed to where it'll not be as we know it now. How will it be? I, um, well, I think that our, our social economy is going to crash pitifully 
whether it's by nature or by war, I think that um, the Bible prophesizes that we will be controlled by one government, you know, which would be the United Nations, and that we'll be fighting for our freedom again. You know, um, I suppose that there are some people that you could think of that would live, you know, on the river and feel somewhat on the fringe of things. But you're right. You're right. Not you're not on the fringe. You feel on the fringe? Yeah. Not really. <laughs> hmm? There's people that live in town that are on a fringe. They refuse to listen to the news or read the papers because it's all bad news. That's right. That's right. What are you, how are you involved except here? Are you involved in anything that's outside of the river? No, not really. Only through me. <laughs> friends. Yeah, just friends. So when you said to your friends, we're going down to live on the river. They thought we were nuts. Still think we're nuts. <laughs> but you know, I think people sometimes wish that they could do something different. There's more yeah. people that wish they could do it than there's yeah, not. I think so. Just wish I had a bigger boat, that's all. Well, I hope you get one someday. <laughs>